Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the World with Nate podcast. This podcast was created to shed light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My hope is that those stories will bring us all together in this thing that we all call life. My hope for this podcast episode is that you find it both enlightening and enjoyable. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Special thanks to my friend Buck Kurt of Hawkeye Storage and Consulting for helping me bring Season 2 of The World with Nate to YouTube. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The World with Nate in the Hawkeye Storage and Consulting Sponsored Studio. Today, I want to welcome with you a special guest named Jade Hess. Jade, did you ever imagine you'd have a world record? No. That's not something that people tend to think about. Yeah. No. So I had a guest uh, earlier on season one who was going for a pull-up world record. And to gain the magnitude of pull-ups, he did 6,700 pull-ups, and it was the most excruciating thing I've ever witnessed. And you can relate to that, being that your world record is an intense, crazy, out-of-this-world record as well, right? Right, yeah. Yes. I didn't really grasp the magnitude of it until I started digging and read through your story and saw the pictures. And when I saw the pictures that I'm going to speak about, it just blew my mind. I saw a picture of a diaper, of a premature diaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, I believe you were holding the diaper? It's- both diapers for the girls when they were born in, in your hand one hand yes yeah and it appeared that one was almost smaller than your thumb and a female hand and I held my hand up and a credit card would you say it was so your debit card or a pack of trident gum gum would be bigger as big as the di- bigger slightly than the bigger than the, the diaper yeah that your daughters were wearing mm-hmm. at the time of their birth mm-hmm. so they were born and one was slightly larger than the other because you had twins, mm-hmm. identical twins. Mm-hmm. What are the odds of identical twins? Well, I do have the statistics written all down, Somewhere. but it, it's one in a thousand. Okay. And then it, you break it down from there. But for identical twins, it's extremely rare. Right. Is that something that ran in your family? My dad was a twin. Okay. And back then they didn't really do the fraternal identical twin um, I guess diagnosis statistics and studies. And yeah, sure. yeah. Right. But his was stillborn, okay. and so we know really gotcha. very little about his twin. Right. So he made it through the twin. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. did not. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. So it wasn't the family. Mm-hmm. So some, was it something that you thought about when you got pregnant with the girls? Um, yes. So it was always kind of a joke with our with within our family <laughs> that one of us was going to get pregnant with twins and no one had prior to this no okay no okay so I was you were the lucky the one groundbreaker <laughs> yeah. in that regard yeah and groundbreaker a hell of a groundbreaker because the girls came early mm-hmm. and the girls came very early so t- the the time that they came was 22 weeks 22 weeks in one day and one day is when you had them mm-hmm. so with that that carries complications being that they were so early and underdeveloped mm-hmm what did that look like? Did you know that they were going to come that early? Um, so when I was when I found out I was pregnant with the twins, it was um, seven weeks along. Okay. And I knew that I was Ta-da! pregnant. With, yeah. <laughs> I knew I was pregnant with identical twins at that time. And they um, it's a high risk pregnancy immediately because okay. you are um, 
at risk for something called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. Okay, and I'm not familiar with that at all. So basically in TTTS, um, you're sharing, the twins are sharing blood vessels. Gotcha. And it can make, one, one twin is getting more blood, getting bigger and sicker, where the other twin is getting less blood, getting smaller and sicker, and it can lead to the demise of both of them. Okay. So. And you found that out. I found that out at 16 weeks. Okay. So I. So you found out at seven that you're pregnant with twins, mm -hmm. everything went smooth, and then at 16 weeks you got this news? Yep. And TT. TS. Triple TS. Yep. Okay. And that stands for what again? Twin to twin transfusion syndrome. And it's the lack of blood. It's a blood share between the two, essentially. Okay. And how worried were the doctors at that point? Um, The time of diagnosis, it was critical that... you got to do something right away. Found out the diagnosis on a Thursday, had to travel that weekend. Wow. To Ohio. Whoa. So not even here in Iowa, Mm -hmm. where we're at. Yep. So you, the, the referral out is either to Cincinnati or to Rochester. Gotcha. Rochester was full. And so Cincinnati is actually one of the best places to go. And they, um, needed us to travel if we were wanting to pursue saving viability. Yeah. The the twins, twins. it was basically the options were not go. And there was a 95% chance that the twins were going to die while in utero or, travel to Cincinnati and have the potential possibility of saving their lives. Was that a tough decision? Um, I didn't think about it no at all. It was, I'm going. And the first time that we went out there, it was that weekend. We immediately left and um, I wasn't a candidate for the surgery the first time. What do you mean by that? Um, so the, the size discordance between the two twins needed to be a certain percent. Okay. To qualify for the surgery. Right. Okay. So they weren't at, they were at risk, but they weren't at that much risk, um, qualifying for the surgery at that time. So it was still kind of a stable place where they were okay growing. And so we went to Cincinnati twice in a two week time frame to you work, you have a job. Mm Mm-hmm. And your husband at the time had a job mm-hmm. and you have two other kids. Right. Mm-hmm. What's that look like? Uh, pulling the family together, you know, yeah. the older two, my oldest was in school at the time and my daughter Collins was in daycare. And so it was really just restructuring kind of everyone. Yeah. Everybody pitches in. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I have four kids as well. Mm-hmm. And we're just busy going to soccer and, you know, right. not adding all the extra stuff and traveling states. Right. And we couldn't fly. Flying Because of risk. Yep. So if I would go into labor in the air. But still, a drive. It's not like it's an hour. No, it's 10 hours. In the car. Mm-hmm. That's not pregnant for pregnant either. My <laughs> wife's a midwife, so I know some of these things. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's quite the story in itself. Mm-hmm. If we end the podcast right there, that's quite yeah. the... So you're going to Cincinnati is what, mm-hmm. and they can't, you don't have, you're not eligible the first time. Mm-hmm. So you, then you come back, come back the second time and the twins were at enough of a risk of So dying. one had grown more than the other mm-hmm. and created a disparity between the two. And they're like, okay, now we can do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was enough of a, this is emergent that if, if you're wanting to intervene, this is the time to do it. Okay. So when you say intervene, what? Um, so to medically intervene, they needed to release the pressure in one sack 
to take fluid off of that baby okay. to make room for the other okay. and um, sever blood vessels between the two twins. Okay. So, so hopefully sever them so that they both get some, right? No longer sharing the blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you guys were attempting to save both, going into it, trying to save both. Yeah. Honestly, they uh, the doctors give you the risks of doing the surgery right on the operating table. I was awake the whole time. <laughs> really? I had I had to be That's awake. That's what might be wanting to do. <laughs> yeah. And um, on the operating table, you could find out that they both died from that instant severing of the blood right. vessels. Or one of them. or And I got the news that they made it. And so that was a huge answered prayer right there. Right. And so then after that surgery, I stayed in the hospital for monitor- monitoring for the first day. For you or for the baby, everybody? For everybody. Right. Yep. Because I was, when you have this type of a surgery, you're at risk of preterm labor mm-hmm. within 10 weeks of having this surgery. So that would have put you at 26, 27? Uh, the time of the sur- the time of the surgery would have okay. been twenty eight weeks. Okay. So well, eighteen weeks, and then um, risk would be up to twenty eight weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that still would have put you as early. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go home then from Cincinnati. Yep. Back to Iowa. Were right. you on like bed rest or anything? Moderate bed rest. So what that look like? Oh. And two kids. <laughs> Right. Yeah, bed rest. Okay, so right. at that time, the doctor said, you know, you need to basically do what a princess would do. This right. is literally what their words were, which is slim to nothing. And so we had community members. We had my family. Awesome. We had a Showing lot of up. help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just can't even imagine all that. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it. No. Mm-hmm. So what was next? You're back in Iowa, and the girls, they're diagnosed with TTTS at this point. Mm-hmm. And then what? So leaving, leaving Cincinnati, um, I was told to be, you know, aware that I could go into labor at any time. Okay. And so bed rest was critical. Right. The only thing I should get up to do is go to the bathroom get up enough to move my blood around yeah. in my body and Nothing extra. take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard. I mean, we had, I had great friends that would take the older two to school or to daycare. Um, people helping around the house. My family was amazing. Um, and really we only made it four weeks before my water broke. And what was that like? You're laying in bed. And that happened, or um, and what were no, you thinking? Because no. you know, you knew that that was early. Mm-hmm. So, when my water broke, I was home with Coy and Collins, and okay. we had just finished Elf on the or our Elf on the Shelf okay. had arrived. <laughs> you are never gonna forget that. <laughs> no. no, and I mean it's like in true Jade fashion. We had just decorated their trees. The, they pretty much did that on their own because yeah. I couldn't help um, and gotten into their jammies and received their little gift from their own. And um, we just had dinner. We had a friend from Dysart deliver dinner and I just put it on their plate and I was standing next to the counter and my water broke. Dang. 
And so um, we did have these. Did you have a, when, when you uh, were consulting with all these doctors, did you have a plan for if this would happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I knew. Where you were going. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew that um, the U of I had high statistics for saving small babies. Right. But that if the twins were going to be born extremely early that I needed to go there versus a smaller hospital that okay. doesn't have the tools and the know-how. Gotcha. And you were early enough that you knew mm-hmm. you needed to go straight to the U of I. Yeah. The ambulance actually, when they came, um, they said that their protocol is to go to the nearest hospital, which didn't include the U of I. So we're t- how the girls were 22 weeks and one day, this is when we're talking right now, mm-hmm. the viability prior to your girls was what 24 weeks so the definition of viability on um the internet what was it it's 24 weeks <laughs> right and so but it's not it's not that's the thing jay mm-hmm. where you, you rewrote history because right. it's 22 weeks in one day then mm-hmm. but it's it's even crazier because they're twins on top of it right right, right. and that's not that's not something that happens. I mean, ever. It hasn't oh, happened right. ever. Humanity yeah. doesn't know if it has. Right. There's no recorded history of mm-hmm. this happening. And you live in little Iowa with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It's just wild <laughs> to me still that the, we're having this conversation and this is a thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's wild to you too. It is. But I mean, over the years, it, it just become like, you know, I coach a lot of moms and I talk to a lot of healthcare professionals all the time. Right. And it's, I mean, for me, it's normal because I've lived it. But it's again, war. it's, it's, we're in. Yeah. But it's not normal, Jade. This no, is wild and crazy <laughs> and extreme. So 22 weeks, one day, you're in the back of the ambulance and they're telling you, all right, we got to take you to the nearest hospital. And you're like, no, we need to go to the U of I. Or how'd that look? Yeah, I didn't go like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, don't tell me the story. Huh, from the time that my water broke? Sure. Okay. Um, while standing next to Coy and Collins, I mean, it was me, Coy and Collins, home alone. Yeah. For one, and my water had just That's broke. That's not ideal. No. <laughs> the kids aren't going to take you in, right? Oh, no. And they were right. like, what the heck is going, going on? Yeah. yeah. And at the time, they were... Two and young, four, just yeah. toddlers, and so to explain what had just happened, I was—I right. have this smack card in our little smack card coming up, and it says sometimes mommies pee their pants, and that's all that's I could think to tell them. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that that had just happened. Yeah. And so I mean, I was very calm in the moment, thinking, you know, I cannot scare them. Yeah. And so they kept eating dinner, and I went to go to the bathroom. Like I had never had my water break before. Um, and I called my sister, I called my mom and let them know what was going on and, um, called the ambulance and the ambulance showed up. I forgot to put my pants back on. Okay. (laughs) So I just, (laughs) just had jammies on (laughs) when they got there and, um, Koi, my oldest at the time, again, he was four or five. Yeah. Helped me get my bag together because I did not, I was not prepared for that to happen. Right, that that early. Yeah. Right. Um, and then as they were kind of triaging me, I guess in the house, what the plan was, I said, I cannot go to Waterloo because they don't have the policy in place to 
attempt to save them. And right. honestly, had I gone there, it would have been a miscarriage. Because of time and... Their, their ability to save a baby that small. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, University of Iowa didn't necessarily... 22 weeks, how do you... What was the first thing they did that you got down to U of I? Because um, what are we talking about when a baby is that young? The lungs are not fully developed. What sort of other things are we talking about that we're so worried about? To int to innovate, or I guess to put a breathing tube into a baby that small, you can fracture their jaw and kill them. Right. When you put that into their throat because they're not developed because they're not developed their their whole body is not it's so fragile that just the tiniest movement of their body could kill them and so you need professionals who really have worked with that population to know how to move how to move them touch them and yeah every piece of the puzzle they have to be Mm -hmm. experts in Mm -hmm. their skin was as frail as tissue paper and that's all because they weren't completely developed Mm mm-hmm Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we're there. And what are you thinking? Um, on the way to Iowa City, it was a terrible ride. The, I think the roads that we just had come across were just full of potholes Every and pothole. it was shaky. And it, um, it was, I think it was started to rain. Um, my battery was on low. On my phone. Of course it was. Yeah. Right? And um, so I was plugging in my phone and, and I had 10% battery. And so the only thing I could think of was to call my grandma. Okay. Very faithful woman. I had her, I told her what was going on and just said I needed her to pray with me because I knew she was going to say something that would just. That you needed. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then after that, my phone died, of course. And um, the lady in the ambulance had said that if the twins were born, on our ride that she wouldn't have the oxygen mask to save them and she wouldn't have anything to do that, that she would just have to wrap them up. And that's a drive from where you're coming from to Iowa city. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in the back just waiting. Pretty much. Yeah. And I remember telling her that I needed to go potty. Right. <laughs> and she said, you know, the best thing that you can do is hold it because you just don't know. Like they, Right. We're so small that if I even, my body was Pushed already. Pushed the wrong amount. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. So the ride, it was terrible. You hit every pothole, but you mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. Get there. And what are the doctors saying to you when you come in? Um, everybody was very calm. I mean, they're okay. skilled in this, that they right. see this kind of thing all the time. And they were amazing. The nurses were so calm with me um it almost seemed like it wasn't really an emergency to them right you know which their last thing the last thing they want to do is cause fear correct and um they kind of just talked me through everything that they were gonna um get me hooked up to you know fluids and um, give me magnesium to try to stop the labor so they were going to try to hold off Mm -hmm. to um see if they could leave the girls in longer yeah there, I think one of the first things I remember them saying was just that I was now an inpatient until I would Delivered. have them, Okay, which could have been, you know, eight plus days, weeks. Yeah. yeah. You don't know how long. Dang. 
and then yeah all the stress and of life i'm sure mm -hmm. adds up mm -hmm. that's tough okay when did you have the babies the next day so you spent the night mm -hmm. overnight mm -hmm. what that was that tough no oh, it was terrible, terrible i mean sleep, just i imagine sleeping and i started to have um just all the things uh yeah lots of signs that labor was progressing okay pains yeah and I mean, I, I knew it was going to be sooner than what they were saying or what they were hoping was right. that it was going to be weeks. Right. So. Man, man. And the next next day, here come the two girls mm -hmm. at 22 weeks and one day. Mm -hmm. And then what was the talk? What was the first things that they had to do to ensure? Well, I guess going going back a little bit, um, talk of burial for the girls was something that we had talked Those about are right things that you had to do before the girls were actually born um planning for them to be stillborn they actually had said that you know more than likely when you deliver them there's a huge chance that they're going to be stillborn um and so they needed to know what my wishes were at that point dang so yeah. those are all things that you have to go through and mm -hmm. plan and and then talking uh immediately talked to NICU after i got triaged in that you know, they were going to do everything that they could to try to save them if that's what my wishes were. Right. And um, you were 100 percent for mm -hmm. whatever you got to do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you made that decision 100 percent in, was there a thought process about complications later? They the healthcare team talks about all the, the complications, I mean, uh, on the sh extreme form to mild forms. Right. And so autism, cerebral palsy. Um, Are all things that they're telling you could yeah. be possibilities. Mm -hmm. Wow. And some of those things aren't things that you're not going to find out right away. No. Those are things that could be. Later on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the girls, when they're, when you deliver them, you had said that their skin was like, tissue it was paper translucent you could see their veins the liquids that you and i hold in our bodies or a typical baby right a neurotypical baby um would not be pouring fluids out of their skin right and they were like any any fluid that they kept in their body it was a um a I guess just a constant balancing act of trying to retain the fluids that they were given yeah. and not pouring them out right. through their skin. So constantly trying to keep them hydrated and nourished mm -hmm. and they're losing it by the second. It's just recreating the womb. Outside of the Outside womb. Outside of the womb. Mm -hmm. Which before this was thought to not be possible. Mm -hmm. And still thought to not be right. possible. And that's what you're working on now is trying to change that mm -hmm. perception and what is thought to be reality, right? Right. Because it's not. That time has taught us that people can be saved longer. Yeah. In Keeley and Cambry, you know, there are other 22-weekers in the world. Right. Just not 22 and 1. Right. And twins. Twins. That's what sets them apart because right. growing inside it's harder for twins because there's less nourishment or what why is it so 
I mean, just like Keely and Cambry, one twin was smaller. And so, I mean. When we're talking smaller, one twin weighed, what was the birth weight? Cambry at birth was, um, the statistics shown in the Guinness World Record is including an item that was found on her bed. It showed at 15 ounces, but they came back the day later and they said, you know, there was something on her bed. So she was 13.4 Holy ounces. Cow. 13 yeah. ounce mm-hmm. little human. Mm-hmm. And then Keely was exactly one pound. So in size comparison, um, how big are we talking? Size comparison, I guess like an NFL football, it weighs... 15 ounces. Wow. And I will share pictures and all of that so people can get a real mm-hmm. look at the size and just how small they were. The diaper that was yeah. in my hand. So one, the one for we each. spoke about earlier. Yeah. It's actually too big for a Barbie, like a full size Barbie. Yeah, I know. We have a ton of Barbies. I'm yeah. just trying to wrap my head around it. And Jade. the length of a, a actual name brand Barbie is 11 and a half inches. So that is what Keely, what her length was at her birth. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Cambry was smaller than that. So you had, when you had the girls, was it the buzz of the hospital? People. Again, they are professionals down there. They took it with a grain of salt, I guess. Right. Yes. However, it I knew after creating friendships with all of them that it was magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things are the doctors, um, the second they're born, they're walking you through? Um, honestly, one twin was born and I was able to touch her head as the other twin was being born. So they touched Keely she went off to the NICU and then Cambry was immediately born. And, and so it was like, left. right. With no babies. Right. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. I've heard from other uh, women who have sat in this chair and spoke on that. And my wife and is in that career field. Yeah. That's something that you want to provide mothers is that skin to skin, that time after the birth. And that just couldn't happen. Yeah. I've, I, I kind of felt like at the moment that that they had been taken i knew they were breathing and they were going to the best place they needed to be right yeah i was relieved um because it was over that immediate moment of and they're the, here and yeah they're here now <laughs> yeah yeah but um after that they just had said you know it's minute by minute right now as far as they're doing good right now but right. that's all we got but it's critical i mean yeah by the second. Right. So what did it look like Ford? They're providing you with details as soon as they're getting them on things? Pretty much the first week or so it was just down to minute by minute and then it slowly inched back to hour by hour. And then as what the What sort of stress is that like when we're talking? Oh, it's I wouldn't say it was it's really odd because at the time I wasn't really stressing. I was just really relying like my faith was extremely strong. Mm-hmm. through that time um and i really relied on that like i i knew again i had my grandma who was an incredible leader with her faith that i knew that there wasn't anything i could do to change anything i love it and i i 
I prayed more in that time time of my life than I have ever prayed. Yeah. But I knew there's nothing I can physically do other than it was wait and see how things went. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a hard place to be in sometimes though, with your hands tied and mm-hmm. your child seems helpless in those spots. Right. I am watching through the glass and they have all the tubes. Mm-hmm usually a perfectionist especially when it comes to my kids I am a mama bear so it was very hard to let my hands up and just let them take control of that situation it's a testament for everyone though sometimes we have to do that Mm -hmm. let go sometimes to learn the bigger lesson on the other side and they're here Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. and they're how old now three three years old we had spoke earlier because they're identical about keeping telling them apart and you said that one of the twins now takes their glasses off and switches with the other yeah usually camry just takes keely's glasses and pretends that she's keely she just to do that to uh trick mom yeah like yeah yeah you are gonna have your hands so full someday i <laughs> know i already do Heck yeah let's get back to the hospital stay though how long were you in the university of iowa in the nicu area so when they were born, they immediately went to Bay 1, which is the most critical okay. bay. They were there for nine weeks. That's mm-hmm. a long, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are still working during this time period, or you had taken, tried to take time off? I, what did it look like? I worked in the NICU. Yeah. And then if, if I was in the NICU in the morning, th- I mean, there was not a lot I could do for the first 50 to 60, 50 to 60 days. I couldn't hold them. Man. So, I mean, it was just being in the room. Mm -hmm. 60 days is a long time. I first held, um, I think Cambry was the first one I held at 56 days and then Keely at 72 days. So just being there, listening to report every day, um, I would take notes. And then when report was over, I would work in the NICU and then go home to Coin Collins. So yeah, I mean, it was just a constant like two worlds day. really I'm sure yeah man and that wears on you mm-hmm. and that was a long time period we're talking 60 days that's and that's well that's it. just that part right I mean, that's the, the worst of where they were yeah okay um so the full stay for Cambry was 138 days in the hospital and then Keeley was 144 days holy smokes so you guys your community obviously showed out and helped and your family. I can't even imagine the amount of help that you needed to make it through. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I can't. I, we've had kids in the hospital for 18 days and we needed so much help. Right. You do. And I can't even imagine when we're talking on long stay like that. So it's a testament to the community that we can build. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, the follow-up and the continued care for the girls. We had spoke that it was a battle getting them here and keeping them here. Mm-hmm. And it's not over. No. What is their care like now? What sort of things are we doing now? Now that there are three, I mean, I feel like the last, uh, really the last just under a year has been just 
crazy. They're doing all the normal things that they should be doing. They're age-appropriate things. They're hitting their milestones. They're hitting milestones now. Um, That's just got to blow the doors off of doctors. Oh, yeah. Their doctors really just think they're like, rock stars, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because, awesome. I mean, you you wouldn't expect. No. It, their, their expectations are extremely low for them. Right. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. We talk, we've talked and talked and talked about, you know, everybody's on their own journey. And when you're speaking about where they started, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a magnificent story. It's magnificent. Right. So, I mean, Cambry was diagnosed with autism last year. Okay. Um, a so year what ago. sort of, since it's a spectrum, what sort of things is she having? What sort of things? The things that I noticed before her diagnosis was that she would fix on, fixate on certain things. Okay. So, like, again, that your average person wouldn't really pick up that this is an autistic type characteristic. But um, she loves to wear sweatshirts. She loves to instantly put on people's shoes. If your shoes are <laughs> off, she's putting them on. She's trying them on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She Textures are a big thing for her. Um, foods used to be red and white. Okay, like those were would, the only things that she would eat? or Oh, yeah. She'd okay. be all over ranch, all over ketchup. Okay. Uh, things that shouldn't go together for food went together for her because yeah. it just made sense for her. Yeah. And then um, when she gets overstimulated, too much going on, your average person would say that she's naughty. But Acting she's just, out or... she's just, yeah, she has um, trouble communicating. Okay. And now... She's speaking sentences. Yeah. Um, but about a year ago, it was, she was very nonverbal. Yeah. So she's came a long, long way. Yeah. In a she, short time period. We taught her sign language last year. Yeah. And she still signs a lot in sentences now. She's building sentences with signs, but also using words. Awesome. Um, but she just has, she, she's doing all the things she's supposed to do now. And meeting the milestones. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah. And those, you're still taking appointments. These are appointments, monthly appointments you have to take them to for the... Um, we go to therapy once a week. Okay. So, which is more like uh, working on fine motor skills. Gotcha. Um, really developmental things. And the appointments to their lung doctor and things like that have really... To make sure they're developing... Uh, on schedule? Yeah, but the, be, because the girls were on oxygen for two years at home, I mean, that is kind of a a need to check and see where their lungs are as they progress. And yeah. so it's more of a one-year appointment. Gotcha. So really our biggest hurdle right now is just developmental milestones and making sure they continue to meet those. And they're on separate separate paths. Pretty right. much, I'm pretty much. Uh, Keely does not have autism, um, but we're kind of in the process of just ruling that out and make sure that that's not a a need for her to right. to focus on. Um, but yeah, take it day I, by day. I, yeah, that's all you can just, do, right? Yeah. Heck yeah! If the, there's a moral of the story, that's all you can do, right? When we're talking about the extreme case. 22 weeks in one day Mm -hmm. and making it. It's incredible. Well, Jade, Mm -hmm. you were quoted in, and I want to share this one last thing in the essay today. You were quoted (laughs) as saying, 
if our story can help save another baby, then it's really important to continue to share. And I thought that that was something that was amazing, and I think that a lot of people can gain a lot from this. And we had spoke before that you search on the Internet, and viability is 24 weeks, mm-hmm. and that's co- that is supposedly common knowledge, right? And that is not not how it is. No, that is not the case, and that's your mission going forward. It is, um, honestly, from my own story, I only knew about TTTS from another friend's story. Yeah, and because I had searched the internet. Yeah. And I have so many moms who search the internet late at night, their water has broken and they don't know what to do. Right. And so it's really important that I show up and share. Heck yeah. So they can relate and you can help them out. And you're doing that now. The next big thing Mm -hmm. for you is starting the nonprofit for your girls, which is called? Keely and Cambry's Tribe. Heck yes. And you are doing a gala coming up. And the date for that and information? January 22nd starts at five. Um, the The overall picture for the proceeds of that is to donate back to the NICU families. So the people like you mm-hmm. who have so, been in the same shoes. Right. We know that um, statistically parents who, who can be bedside with their babies, those babies do better. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Those babies and those parents mm-hmm. do better, right, I'm right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm all for it. And anything that I can do to help, I'm there and I'm going to be at the gala and enjoying the heck out of myself. And maybe (laughs) I'll even put in a raffle ticket for that corgi dog. (laughs) So I'm like, if I could win a corgi dog, I would be a hero. Yeah, for five bucks. Heck yeah. I know. You can't beat it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, just one further wrap up uh, before I get you to the firing range. I was just so impressed with this story, um, advancing medicine and pushing the boundaries of what we thought was human and scientifically possible. And uh, I can't imagine the amount of strength that it takes to get through what you and your family has gotten through. And I commend you for it, Jade. So without anything else, now are you ready to go to the firing range? I think so. Heck yeah, you are. It's not that serious. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the firing range was brought to you by Hawkeye Storage and Consulting. If you are interested in starting your own storage facility, contact Buck at 319-269-9510 or at email info at hawkeyestorage.com. His website is hawkeye, hawkeye with an I, one word, dot com, storage and consulting needs. Check out Buck Current. Without further ado, Jade, are you ready? Coffee or tequila? Oh, coffee. (laughs) Chicken Alfredo or spaghetti with meatballs? Um, chicken Alfredo. Small steps or giant leaps? Giant leaps. <laughs> Big city or small town? Small town. Abundance or simplicity? Abundance. Opener or a closer? God, I don't know. Come on. Open, opener. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Swimming pool or a lake? Lake. Reading or music? Music. Sleeping in quiet or sleeping with a noise? impact or outcome impact hell yeah one more thing if you haven't yet get to your local mall the college hill mall in cedar falls and check out Keisha's desserts and eateries jade thank you so much for coming on the world with nate and sharing your story about the girls i appreciate it yeah thank you so much i appreciate it as well heck yeah Special thanks to my friend Katie Hine at Mattress by Appointment, Cedar Falls, for her sponsorship of Season 2 of The World with Nate.